Good to be with you again as we continue our series of daily devotionals in the book of Isaiah. Stuart Holman here for growingdisciples.net.au Well, after Isaiah's dramatic commissioning in chapter 6, we know that his preaching will not lead to repentance. He will be speaking to people whose unbelief renders them deaf and blinded to the message with hearts calloused and insensitive to God. So it's no surprise that the next few chapters include lots of warnings about impending judgment. In chapters 7 through 12, the next unit in the book, Isaiah's message to the leadership of Jerusalem is that they need not fear being gobbled up by the slightly bigger fish of northern Israel and Aram, but instead they have a much bigger problem. The Assyrians, the regional superpower on the rise, they will be like a tool in God's hand, bringing justice against God's unfaithful people. But then, at the end of chapter 10, when their work is done, we're told that God will also bring judgment upon them, just as Isaiah 6 said that God would cut down the line of King David, leaving just a stump in the land, like an axeman felling the forest, so too God will cut down Lebanon and Assyria. In light of all this, as readers of Isaiah, we ask, well, what future is there then? What, when judgment seems inevitable, when prospects look so bleak and bad for both Israel and Judah, what hope is there? In the midst of all the ominous warnings, there are two bright rays of hope in this section of Isaiah. The first is that in Isaiah 9. God promises a great saviour will arise and rescue his people. He'll arise out of Galilee in the north and bring an end to all wars. He'll govern in righteousness and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, when will this happen? Well, sometime after the terrible judgment has fallen upon the region, Isaiah gives no further clues yet. But as any Christian who's ever been to a Christmas Eve carol service will tell you, we know that the promised Saviour King is none other than Jesus. And so there is hope. And in chapter 11, there is more. We read, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The stump is all that remains in the land of God's people, having been cut down by God the axeman in Isaiah 6. But now this fresh shoot growing up out of this stump says that this tree is indeed alive. It has a future. There is life. Jesse, of course, was the father of King David, so this hope is going to come from the same stock as David. The next thing we notice is that this hope is a person, a him upon whom rests the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. So this hope is a person and who he is and what he does is anchored in the very person of God. The same spirit who was hovering over the waters back in the creation narrative of Genesis 1. The same spirit who speaks the word of God through the prophets. The same spirit who descended upon Jesus at his baptism. The same spirit who empowered every part of his ministry. And because 
This person marked by the Spirit comes from the same royal heritage as David. He performs all the tasks of a king. He rules and he judges. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness. He will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. His language of uh, striking and slaying is the, the language of ruling over and bringing into line. He will bring order to earth and indeed to all the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Now this spirit-empowered king whom Isaiah offers as hope already has an identity in Israel's vocabulary. He was known as Messiah. He was King David's greater son already announced to David back in 2 Samuel 7 and then more recently in Isaiah 9, he would come to rescue and to rule in righteousness. In fact, his rule will be so great, so wonderful, that it is pictured as a kind of return to the Garden of Eden. That's the message of verses 6 through 9. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will die down with the, lie down with the goat, and the calf and the lion will and yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This idyllic picture simply means that life under the rule of the Messiah is going to be like the Garden of Eden all over again. It's a, it's a picture of harmony throughout all creation. Instead of a world characterized by dog-eat-dog dog or wolf-eat-lamb, under the Messiah there is peace. This back-to-Eden vision is also supplemented by the idea of reunification in verses 10 through 16. After the tragic split of Israel into north and south and the wars that followed, Isaiah anticipates a great reunification as things were back in the days of King David and King Solomon. So reading from verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. That is to say, at the time when the Messiah rules, he will be a banner for the peoples. On, on a vast and chaotic battlefield, a banner acts as a gathering point, a rallying point. If you're a soldier, when you see your standard unfurled and raised, it means that triumph is being announced. It means gather here. It means the victory is won and that there is safety now. Standing under the banner, there is protection and safety. So come from near and far to the banner where the Messiah has won peace. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the Mediterranean. So all the Israelites scattered among the nations far and wide will gather to the Messiah. Even the warring north and south, that's Israel and Judah, they will also unite in the Messiah. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah, from the four quarters of the earth. 
So this reunification is pictured as a kind of return to the good old days of life under Kings David and Solomon. They were the days when the 12 tribes were one nation. All the jealousies and conflicts between Judah in the south and Ephraim, Israel in the north are healed. So what hope is there for Israel's audience? It is the hope of the Messiah, the Spirit-empowered King, who will unite and rule in righteousness and justice. Now we're going to continue this theme of hope in the book of Isaiah in tomorrow's devotional, but for now we've come as far as recognising that God's provision of hope is all located in Israel's Messiah. And the same is true for the Christian today. Our hope, the future that we have given ourselves over to, both in this life and the next, is anchored only by God's Messiah. And this is excellent news because our hope is not mere positivity and happy sentiments in the face of our human frailty. Our hope is not anchored in our own abilities and religious deeds or our faithfulness. Instead, our hope is anchored in a person, Jesus, the Holy Spirit-empowered King, who will unite and rule in righteousness and justice. I encourage you now to tell him how you feel about that in prayer.